Jesus is just standing still right now. I've got a, what I think actually is a crack of a message this morning. I've only got 15 minutes to deliver it, so we'll get on with it. I want to pray for you before we sit down. One of the things I've missed more than anything in this lockdown season is the incredible blessing of company. And walking by faith with Jesus was never, ever meant to be a monastic moment of you by yourself, me by myself. I want to get into that in a moment because I've got a powerful set of images this morning that I want to share with you that I hope will help you understand something that's so important about being a Christian. So let me pray as we just settle with our readers where this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open our ears. Father, that we would find as we come out of this season of restriction, of connection, social distancing, those days will give way to us getting back to a place where we can act and behave thing right now, right? Kind of gotten used to listening to my own preaching with a, a, a cup of coffee at home. It's a little bit weird, but anyway, that's not going to happen in real life church. Well, maybe we could, you know, it's like, mm, I mean you, that'd be good. Hey, we've been doing a series during June about the seasons of life. And last week, if you may recall, I preached a message that sort of down to a little bit of like just summarizing it was really honing into the fact that solitary confinement is actually a form of torture because we, we weren't designed to live without cycles in life and life's very cyclical. And I got thinking about, well, what do I want to say about that this morning? Are you guys staying or going? You're staying, aren't you? Yeah, good. That's good. I'm loving it. Um, company up here. Yeah. It's pretty good, right? It's like, even though you're distanced, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I want to talk today about the other end of the spectrum. And uh, the analogy that came to mind was um, audio feedback. So we're designed to live and our whole life is cyclical. But there are things that can cause us to get a feedback cycle going in our life where, and as you know, when a microphone feeds back, it's the most uncomfortable noise in our ear. Something that's actually meant to help us hear someone like me speaking in an area this big can in a moment of time become completely out of control and bearing incredible levels of pain, depending on how bad it is. And it got me thinking about the fact that we can all end up with a feedback loop. You can get into it, and I can get into a feedback loop of anger. And so anger can escalate the whole uh, uprising, if you'd call it that, the, the outpouring of, of anger and resentment at a whole bunch of things around the Black Lives Matter uh, episodes of the last few weeks. There's an element of a feedback loop there. It's not like, it's not like there's, 
Was there injustice? Absolutely. Is there things there in the, the facts behind the scenes? And you could pick any other context in any other arena. There's the opportunity as humans, our emotional world can flare up in a moment. And I started thinking about, well, what is the, what's the key to us actually toning it down, dialing it down? Well, in the case of an audio feedback, the fastest thing you can do is rip the microphone apart. Or if you don't want to destroy anything, just turn the volume down immediately. Dial it down. And so this message this morning is dial it down. Do you need to have some arenas in your life where it's, it's actually part of what God wants to do is just turn you down a bit? Just back off on the resentment, back off on the unforgiveness, back off on the intensity that, of your feelings. Maybe you've got really strong feelings about this, that, and the other. Maybe the COVID lockdowns have caused you to get really quite cranky about decisions that are made that you wouldn't, call, you wouldn't see or you're seeing inconsistencies. And as we come out of this lockdown season, there's a whole lot of, what should we say, exceptions being given for one group but not another. And it's like, it gets to the point where you can just start to work yourself up into a feedback loop that is unhealthy. And I want to say to you, God doesn't want you to live like that. He doesn't want me to live like that. He wants me to dial it down. Just get back to the normal cycles of life. And so I was thinking about, well, what does the Bible have to say about this? And the Bible's full of people who got pretty excited. It's got full of people who are passionate. This is not about not being passionate. This is about understanding that there's a place in passion where you can go beyond the pale, where, where you and I can end up just in excess, excessively, whatever the issue might be. So I found myself, I've got two scriptures I need today to share with you in this short time around this short word. Um, one is in John 14, 27. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And this is what I want to say. This is a key to dialing it down. Let me, say, let me read what he says in verse 27, John's Gospel, chapter 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So... The peace that Jesus is referring to there is um, a word that is better described as um, a, t- a sense of total well-being. It's not just the absence of problems. It's not the absence of war. You know, you think of beauty contests over the years and, you know, entrances. Just, just an example come to mind, Cornu, I know. But, you know, when, when a person wins one of these pageant arrangements that are no longer... Um, socially appropriate but anyway they used to be um, what are you going to do in your 12 months as being the whatever you are and oh I'm going to advocate world peace well, what, what exactly is that what is world peace well world peace I think generally speaking in our heads peace is really like leave me alone peace is quiet peace is no problems and the Bible won't have a bar of that the Bible does not say that's what peace is. Peace is well-being. A little bit what about how, how cool was that interview with Nathan? Uh, we kind of recorded that. We booked him in to do that, thinking that we we're going to be online again this morning. And uh, when we found out we weren't, we decided to proceed with it because I just knew he would have such gold nuggets to put into the, the mix as we talk. He's a t- total champion. So well done, Nathan. We loved uh, that moment of sharing with you. But the peace that Jesus and the words used there in this part of the scripture is a sense of total well-being, prosperity and security, 
associated with God's presence. So biblical peace is never a state of mind of everything's good, but I don't need God. It's like peace that is from God involves God being present. Say present. Not, not as an idea, not as I believe in God. No, no, it's about God being present. God being present in our circumstance. Um, another verse that uh, is in the middle of a section of the scriptures that you would know if you've been around in our church for years. I love Philippians chapter 4 and in uh, particular these few verses, but I'm only picking on one of them, verse, verse 7 this morning. It says this, and, and the peace of God, this transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I've read that scripture many, many times. And I've talked about it and guarding hearts and um, looking after my thinking and stuff like that and all good. But I've never really drilled down into just a couple of points here and the peace of God. It's making a statement about where that peace comes from. It's divine peace. It's a peace that he distributes or uh, releases or puts around our lives it's the peace of God it's not the peace that comes out of more knowledge in fact it says goes on to say it transcends all understanding sometimes we want to sit down and nut out what a problem is with our intellect and gather more and more information so that we can finally put the matter to rest because I know everything that I need to know about that and so we get a sense of peace because of information that's not what this is God's peace means that God's peace is distributed to us it's apportioned to us it's deposited in us and around us in spite of lack of all the answers when there is no answer to your why God's peace is not prevented from entering you the world would say you've got to have all the answers it's like strive to understand the more educated you are the more morally upright you'd be that's not true the more educated you are the more understanding of life's concepts and problems you'll have that is a truth but it's not the truth you can still be disturbed as you acquire knowledge there's a peace the peace of God that can only come through God does that make sense it's kind of like uh, you, you can't get it. If you, don't, if you don't want God, you're not going to get his peace. You'll get some other peace and there is peace available and you can have a peaceful life. You can closet yourself away. I can pull myself out of any context. I can decide to not have a lot of people around me. I can decide to have friends that don't disagree with me so they can be living at peace. I can, I can be very picky and choosy and set up a construct of peace, but I'm never going to get that peace that he's talking about here if I don't invite God into my circumstance the peace of God which transcends all understanding you do not need to understand your circumstance to have the peace of God that's what I love about that and it will guard your heart and your mind um, the word guard there is is indicative it's a very military term it's a it's a term like this sentry so we get this picture of peace being like peace like a river. It's this quiet, all warm and fluffy, bubbly, like sitting in a nice warm bath. Oh, the peace of God, it's so awesome. As I meditated, and, and there's that, but it's not, it's like it's an it's a actual giant with feet planted firmly, standing at a problem that you might have, saying, you stop right there. Peace is a sentry. 
Peace is a garter of your heart and your mind. It's not a defense. It's not a sort of, it's actually got an offensive dimension to it. It's not just a defense. It's not the defense to getting crazy about a situation. Get a revelation this morning. The peace is on the front foot pushing back against bad thinking. It's pushing back against the desire to be unforgiving. It's pushing back against the desire to have revenge. Peace is saying, hey, no, don't go there. It's, it's got a loud voice. It's a booming voice thundering out of heaven. Peace, God's peace transcends all understanding. So then I, I just want to finish with some more pictures that are analog- analogous for this. So I got a picture. I was thinking, well, uh, what, what could I use as an example about this and what came to mind was the refining of gold gold can be refined in a number of ways but to get what's called 99.95% pure gold there's a number of ways you can do it but one of the methods is to actually immerse the ore that's got gold in it in acid and some chemical processes including a little bit of heat can cause the impurities to separate out and for the gold to form in a manner that's collectible, pure gold and all the stuff. And it got me thinking, you know, we think peace is about just feeling good, feeling at peace, feeling calm in spite of the storm and that's one dimension of peace. But I got this, I had this aha moment. I wonder if God's peace is actually about a refining me. I wonder whether God's peace is not just a passive place of calm amongst the storms of life, but it's actually, his peace is like the acid bath. It's actually acidic. And it's actually all the time I'm in his peace, I'm getting the bits of uh, rubbish in my life dissolved off of my life. So God's peace is not just about me being, oh, I'm feeling so good, the peace of God's so wonderful in his presence but realizing that his presence is going to burn stuff off me. Now, an acid burn, you go, is that going to be painful? Well, it may be. But you know, if you ate breakfast this morning, your stomach acid is digesting that as you sit listening to me talk. That's not a painful process unless you've got something wrong with your guts or you've eaten something you shouldn't have. It's just a process where it's refined Food is refined into a format that sustains you. What if the peace of God, let's just call it acidic for the sake of analogy and science in that realm that I'm in this morning. Let's just say the peace of God's got an acidic bent to it, that when you and I submit ourselves to it, it actually um, starts to and continues to dissolve and remove the impurities of our life so that we find ourselves with unexpected benefits from his peace unexpected sense of cleanliness an unexpected sense of I'm free from guilt and shame I've been washed by the blood of Jesus maybe Jesus' blood in that sense is acidic it's designed to draw out and separate the stuff that's not good for me going forward out of my life I mean how amazing is that how good is that and the temperature is important in that process of refining gold is in temperatures and I just want to finish with this thought got this thinking we're not former life 
I don't mean I believe in reincarnation. In a previous season of my life, I was a fridge mechanic and I learned how to actually um, solder copper piping to do the refrigeration systems. And I was taught very early on about and before that I was involved in electronics uh, in an electronic company and business that we owned in the, in the country and did a lot of, learned a whole lot about soldering. Solder is a, a, an alloy of lead and tin, it melts at about 190 degrees Celsius. Doesn't matter what you do with an LPG torch, LPG gas is hot right? It burns hot but it doesn't burn hot enough to melt solder. You can hide it, heat up a piece of metal, a piece of copper with an LPG torch. You can sit there for 24 hours and it never gets hot enough to actually melt the solder properly. Um, especially if you ramp it up to what's called silver solder, that melts at 450 degrees Celsius. Solder is weak, it actually can be pulled apart. Silver solder is a lot stronger. When you weld pipes together with silver solder or braze them together with silver solder, it actually has a strength about it, but it needs that extra temperature. There's a temperature issue. That I started thinking about that as well as... So when you talk about oxyacetylene torch, you've got two gases that are mixed. Oxygen by itself and acetylene by themselves won't cut it, but you mix them together and you can actually melt steel with them. And it got me thinking about us. It got me thinking about the peace of God. The peace of God is something we can experience individually, but it's only going to be at a certain temperature. What if that temperature by yourself is never hot enough to refine you? What if the temperature of your personal devotional life, and I'm saying if you're on fire for God and you, God bless you in your private devotional time, what if your private and your best day, it's never hot enough for the refining to happen. That's why we come together. That's why our corporate worship is so important to us. I got this picture in my head as I was thinking about this stuff, that when we come together, it's like oxyacetylene gas coming together. All of a sudden, the combined elements create a way hotter flame and there's a whole lot more refining that goes on when we come together. And so don't ever think being at home on online church as a permanent thing is the best thing to do. If you can't come to church for whatever reason, we're so blessed to come to you by online church. Absolutely. We respect there's lots of reasons why you may not be able to come to church. But don't be in the camp that says, online church is my deal. I don't need to come to church. I'm telling you, we need this. We need each other. I need you and you need me to burn a hot enough fire of worship to be refined. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to close with those few thoughts. I want to say to this, one of the ways we become a person who influences others can be that we demonstrate with our lives that we are in receipt of a peace that is not of this world. Not a once-off, but an ongoing pouring in, the mechanism of which is prayer, the deliverer of which is Jesus. If you want the peace of God that transcends all understanding, you need Jesus Christ. If you're listening online this morning, you need Jesus. I don't care what your arguments are. You can come to me with every theological conundrum you can think of, every contradiction in the Bible. If you want to try to um, let your understanding dictate what you can receive, well, I would be very sad to hear that. I want to say to you, the peace of God that transcends all understanding comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So let me pray this prayer to close this morning. We've actually got a prayer on our website that you can pray on your own. 
Uh, I'm not going to use that prayer today. I've used it for 13 weeks as we've gone through online church. And I just, because we're here, and I like to pray uh, just off the top of my head <coughs> as the Spirit leads in this moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that I believe can help you come to Jesus. But if you need to think about that and re-pray something down the track, just go onto our website and find the prayer. Click the link and tell us you've prayed that prayer or you prayed this prayer with me this morning. And uh, we want to help you find your path with Jesus and discover the incredible peace that God wants for you. Father God, this morning, I thank you that you've been with us. Lord, I pray that we'd understand better than ever how to live with the peace of God. Father, that we'd find that the peace of God is active in our lives, not just making us feel good, but Lord, actually refining and changing us to be more like Christ every day. And Father, I pray right now that you would help those who are going to say these words after me come to find your love, your forgiveness, and your salvation in their lives in the next 60 seconds. So here we go. I want you to say this after me. Everybody here in the church and online listening. Heavenly Father, we're glad to be standing in your presence. We confess that Jesus Christ is your Son who died on a cross and was raised to life, has sent His Holy Spirit so those of us that believe can receive Him. Lord, we confess our sin, our shortcomings, our mistakes. We repent from them, Lord. And we ask for your forgiveness. And we're assured that we can receive your forgiveness because of Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that Jesus would come into our lives afresh. Lord, we ask that Jesus would come into our life for the very first time. Fill us with the Holy Spirit now. Empower us to live for you for all our days who influence people with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Thank you, Father. All right. If you're online, we're going to say see you later. And uh, God bless. Don't forget we're back here next week at a nine o'clock service. God bless you.